Now, I play a lot of places. Now, I play nightclubs, and gambling casinos, and uh, the, the greatest music halls in the world, the greatest concert halls, but the greatest symphonies in the world, and all that for a living. But when I play sacred music, I play this for me. This is personal. This is not career. This is the most important thing in my life. That is Duke Ellington from a documentary called On the Road Again. And this is the Tableau of Tour podcast. show. I'm your host, Travis Knights. As I go deeper and deeper into my practice, my research, and relationship with tap dance, I find myself near endlessly inspired by the different rabbit holes that are ripe for straight up tripping and falling into. (laughs) Um, This particular rabbit hole is vast. It spans millennia. It takes on different shapes and character, but hits a very primal instinct or awareness. And yes, it has everything to do with tap dance. I'm talking about spirituality, spiritual awareness, and practice. In almost every indigenous culture on earth, people have developed a spiritual understanding of the world around them, of of existence itself. In Western Africa, the music, the dances are linked to worship and spiritual storytelling. I have the privilege of working with a South African gumbu dancer named Mafa Makubalo. In a recent session together, he shared with me that it is, uh, in his homeland, it is cautioned uh, to not whistle inside the home because it conjures spirits. In Edmonton, Canada, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, while I was shooting, I was there shooting uh, the Jonathan Moran project, Restorative Culture, Tapel of Tour documentary coming out soon. More on that some other time. But uh, I learned about a Cree teaching that also used whistling to conjure spirits. At a certain point, you have to privilege your own direct experience and allow for science to catch up. My grandfather was a pastor, originally from Trinidad. He preached for decades and decades in Montreal. I grew up in his church. I grew up with gospel music, praise and worship, uh, and intense sermons from a man who was my own personal giant. Sinclair Knights, I speak your name. By the time I put on my first pair of tap shoes at the Ethel Bruno Dance Studio, I didn't know that I already knew what I was looking for. I was looking for connection. I was looking for my own relationship with the divine. And I still am. In an increasingly secular society, it has become taboo to be open-hearted with our direct felt experiences of the divine. Until science signs off on it, our direct experiences are to be mistrusted and oftentimes discarded. There is admittedly history behind that that is important to acknowledge and remember. After all, how many lives have been destroyed by authorities who claim righteous religious supremacy? The day of truth and reconciliation in Canada was not too long ago. At the same token, how many lives have been destroyed by authorities who deny their humanity? The scientific method was used to justify the hypothesis of Africans being three-fifths human, which served as the moral high ground that justified slavery and Jim Crow segregation. My blackness would be wasted on me if I didn't observe a healthy skepticism of scientific claims. My humanity would also be wasted on me if I didn't privilege my own direct felt experience. My life is freakishly ordered and touched by divine design. When I'm able to get out of my own way, the things that I witness manifest are awe-inspiring. There are times when there are no audiences, with or without my tap shoes on, that I dance and the world falls away. 
and I sink into a groove and live in a way that is beyond description. It's like I become part of a living organism that I can perceive when I play rhythm. It's like, it's like the dance has its own agency, its own will, and guides its practitioners towards deeper and deeper connection. I've been, <clears throat> I've been shy about this, but in many ways, though I've been brought up as a Christian, the religion I practice is tap dance. It's not a career or a hobby. In my experience, when I'm doing it right, it's church. It's why I steer clear of certain expressions of the form that I know won't lead me to the experiences I'm looking for. The search for the divine has led me to the dance. The embodied spirit that moves and channels rhythms, bringing forth feel and vibe and flow. It's a unique experience for me. It's why I'm a tap dancer. Our guest today, Jumani Taylor, is a tap dancer. I recently had the good fortune to see his work, Supreme Love, at the Toronto International Tap Dance Festival, produced by Toph and Rhythm Projects. It inspired me, captivated me. It blew me away. It sparked an interest that led to this conversation. So, without further ado, please extend your cleanest left foot shuffles and welcome to the Tap Love Tour podcast, a modern-day master of the form, Jumani Taylor. David David danced before the Lord. He danced before the Lord with all his might. timbrels, harps and cymbals ring out loud and clear. Shouting, singing, a trumpet's bringing love to every ear. I'm just happy to talk to you. I, I want to let you know off, off the jump. Um, <clears throat> I, I, before I called you, uh, and it's still burning, I, I, uh, I did a smudge. Uh, uh, and a smudge is um, a, um, it's an indigenous cultural tradition, an indigenous spiritual tradition, where um, they take sage and they burn the sage. And the idea is to... Um, cleanse any negative energy, and if you if you bring your intentions, essentially if you pray, um, if you bring your intentions to the smudge to the practice, uh, watch watch how things change around you. So I just want to like um, um, uh, get you hip that I am um, my my prayer my intention uh, is yeah. to um, uh, try to be as open and honest as I can and to um, facilitate like a, a fruitful discussion about something. I think this is important. This, this, uh, yeah. what we're about to talk about. Uh, are you game? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, Absolutely. let's go. Let's, let's get started. So, so let me get my notes. Let me pretend like I'm a professional or something. Get my notes. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> so, um, I think about like from the beginning and I, and I don't know it. And, and I look forward to in my lifetime or several lifetimes discovering it. Uh, I think about African culture um, and how music dance is not separated at all. Um, how a lot of the cultural practices um, that we enjoy on this side of the uh, world um, are, are based in deep, um, ancient religious traditions. Um, I, I think about <clears throat> how uh, during enslavement, uh, specifically in the United States, uh, when um, enslaved Africans were uh, escaping to freedom, they were using uh, Negro spirituals to help them, to help guide their path. Uh, I think about how uh, Negro spirituals 
become codified kind of in in gospel music. I was watching um, an interview with Louis Armstrong, and uh, you know the the <laughs> the reporter was like, "Yeah, well, what uh, to what do you owe the success?" Of, of your sound, of your music, Louis said, I play church music. The kids like when I play the church music. I'm lucky the kids like when I play church music. You feel, Louis, that uh, American jazz can uh, be an instrument for spreading goodwill overseas? I think so. Over there, jazz is stronger than Masons. It's just like a religion. Well, that's our music. That's church music. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember the old sanctified churches. Uh, they used to... You know, the shout, and the sister would shout, and they had the banjos, and uh, the new name is the rock and roll, but it's sanctified music, and uh, quite naturally, it's beautiful music. Uh, if the kids just, you know, take it a little more easy. One of the most uh, essential and uh, um, <laughs> uh, quintessential albums in all of the entire jazz cultural form is a Love Supreme. You know, uh, uh, John Coltrane, John Coltrane, his wife, Alice Coltrane. Alice opened up a Hindu temple. Um, the, right, these are right. these are we're talking about a hyper religious people. Uh, we're talking about a hyper religious. Well, we're talking about a culture that has deep roots in religion. I had yeah. the good fortune recently to watch your show, Supreme Love. Uh, and, and during that show, um, and I and I and I. I'll ask this question, come back around to this question of, would you call it a show? But okay. But during the show, uh, Supreme Loved, I, I witnessed you pray twice on stage during the performance. Why? Well, well, even during the, the I guess, the introduction to the music and the introduction into creating what was to be supreme love um it it called me to do that often in order to create something that i thought could I don't even want to say represent necessarily, but could embody that connection mm. um, or that could share, share that connection, you know, from the natural elements of the music or our natural elements of the music and the dance. Mm. Um, and the connection to everything that has uh been given to us um before before the dance i guess mm. and like i had to really um ground myself and invite other dancers who would do the work um to ground themselves in some type of connection to the creator um mm. if they're open to it and and to be honest some still are, you know, searching within their journey, as we all are, you know, searching yeah. in, in some type of sense, as we should be hmm. um, discovering still well, while growing. But, yeah, it, it called for it. It called for it within the music, of course, but just really where I was in the journey, man. It, it's ironic that you mentioned... Um, the African people and the African religion, because during it made me think of this this book uh, a gentleman passed me. He didn't give me the actual book. It was probably like a PDF of all the pages, but the Encyclopedia of African Religion. Oh, cool! And and it's I don't even know how many religions are in that book, but it just had me oozing with just inspiration on what to create um, with with that spirit um, but still with these 
with which I feel like are natural elements um, in tap dance. And those are maybe hoofing and, and jazz music. Hmm. Um, and yeah, man, it, it just, it, it really just made sense um, as, as far as me getting on the knees and um, being that close to the floor, even, I, I don't know. And, you know, the way I, I pray is, is, is in the Islamic sense um, where we're, you know, putting our nose to the, to the ground. And wow. as, as a tap dancer doing that, even um, it's, it's, it's physically, it's a, I don't know, for, for me, it's just even heavier um, than just, you know, doing what's required um, with, within the Muslim prayer. But it, 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 it brought me closer to the floor, literally, mm. you know, and, and to God, mm. um, doing the work. So that's, I, I would never, cause I've never made that trip to Mecca, but doing, doing Supreme love, um, almost restarts me, um, for whatever needs to happen next. Um, at least in, in my own journey that that is a beautiful 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 thing can't let, let's okay let's 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 Sorry. let's bring Sorry, everybody else drifted. no 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 <laughs> that, let's bring everybody else in tell me i should have started here what what is supreme love tell me about that oh man oh if i could express the ultimate admiration i had for tap dance and the culture of tap dance and its music which I believe is jazz music, it would be just that phrase, supreme love. And my mother really created the title. She, you know, when I was talking about a love supreme and it it, it being this, and I don't want it to actually be called a love supreme, the tap tribute or mm. a John Coltrane tribute with tap dance, but she just automatically said supreme love. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, what you're displaying. This is what you feel for the music, for this, for this record. Um, and the journey that train or the resurrection, maybe that, that train went through, um, during the creation of this album mm. really kind of just automatically had her give that title out and once once she said that everything kind of blossomed with, with within its own self with, within the prayer within the study uh or within the collaborations of the dancers because it started off just me um in a room with the music the live the regular recording not any exclusive recordings or anything with any musicians but mm. just me with the music and uh trying to create as Derek grant usually says an offering um mm. an offering to you know the stream to the stream of uh shows or presentations or choreographic um expressions mm. so it was it, it, it was set to to challenge me every time, but also challenge my peers. Um, but but not in a sense where we would be battling each other or like literally, you know, like the like everyone likes to joke about the challenge scene. It was yeah. it's none of that, as, as you saw and, and, and felt. Mm -hmm. It's really like challenging our fears. Um, challenging where we are right now and how we can go further. Um, it, it, it was really, but with, with supreme love and respect and, hmm. you know, genuine admiration for one another on the floor um, while praising the most high. So it, it, it was all those things, but it, it kind of still simmered and had to just, overflow 
um, through through time, through now, time with the people and the places. Now I you know now I apologize. I should have done my homework before talking to you. Bad, <laughs> bad try. But you mentioned you mentioned uh, like I have I have this like swirling, um, likely inaccurate story in my mind that um, John Coltrane was um, 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 detoxing from mm-hmm. an addiction. Uh, and, uh, it was, it was his faith that got him through. It was the work and, and connection to the music that got him through. And the album that came out was a love. Is that, am I completely off? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I remember hearing okay. as well. Okay. Let's go even deeper. So, so this is an excerpt from a documentary called Chasing Train. Listen to this. John Coltrane has set aside some time. And he secludes himself above the garage in his house at Dix Hills, Long Island, to put together what he sees as a suite. He doesn't know how it's going to go. He has some loose melodies, some ideas. Mrs. Coltrane tells the story about him coming down and grabbing little bits of food now and again, and then disappearing for a whole day. This is just after John Jr. is born, so she's got her four-year-old daughter and an infant and a disappeared husband and she said he was upstairs it's like two weeks he was up there and she always related these stories to us you know in a a happy way that what he was doing was significant and important and she understood that as if he was on a mission and she was there to support it a few days later he comes down the stairs And as Mrs. Coltrane put it, it was like Moses coming down from the mountain. And for once, the guy who really thought and rethought about music seemed very satisfied with where he was with his project. And his words to Mrs. Coltrane were, it's the first time I have everything ready. I've completed the project on paper. I know exactly what I'm going to do in the studio. Two things jump out at me from the story you just heard. First, Mrs. Coltrane is Alice Coltrane. If you don't know who she is, do yourself a favor and go listen to her music. She's an astonishing musician. The second thing that jumped out at me, John felt a calling and answered the call. Let's get back to our conversation with Jumani. I mean, I always talk about that era and what those men and the women and people, just all people of color had to go through during the freaking 60s, of course, before the 60s. I always remember that Martin and Malcolm were murdered during that time period, and the Love Supreme came after that. So the timeline, that timeline blew me away, Um, and it, it felt like, that was John really saying, "Yo, I gotta kick this habit and mm. really lead this thing um, because the the leaders are gone." Wow. Um, so you know that that I don't know that said a lot. I, I think it it really you know set the tone. I think hopefully for a lot of the cats back then. But yeah, that's the story. Now, um, now, now, as you told. as you were creating it, did you um, did you yourself experience a kind of resurrection? I felt like it was more so finding uh, a, a regular connection to God or the creator mm. um, that I could trust and feel comfortable with doing outside of tap dance. Mm. Um, I had no religion. My grandfather on my mother's side was a deacon. Um, oh, okay. and, I, and, and I felt the spirit in the Baptist church at like... 16 but we had so many great shows on broadway like noise funk Mm. and not seeing black and blue live but witnessing black and blue that really kind of showed the tap dancer expressing themselves almost in in a spiritual sense even though maybe gospel wasn't being sang you know but you could feel it in bunny you can feel it Mm -hmm. um and and I don't know, uh, blackout, uh, green Cheney buster slide. You could feel mm-hmm. kind of that, that gospel, um, within what they were doing. So, um, to physically 
being able to make that salat, is what they call on, on the stage, and I don't want to say use it, but sometimes using that that that's the power sometimes to me. I guess it was like realizing that that power of prayer, mm. um, and I guess using it not to be not not to be stingy, but using it to to share it in, in this way, to share in the shed, hmm. I guess. Hmm. Um, I, I think that was the, the revelation for me um, during the creation of this work, the shed and and the connection to the Most High um, from, you know, like miscellaneous prayer, you know, because now if, if I'm shedding, I'm not necessarily, okay, let me get down on, on the prayer, then go shed. No, I, I can pray, then go about my day and have lunch and, you know, run around the city, mm. then I can go shed, but still have that power in, in reserve um, from from just that prayer. So I, I think, yeah, learning how to recycle um, what, what, what God continues to give us so so this next question i don't know how to ask so <laughs> so bear 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 with me so at the top you know when, when we first said hello you said you you came from uh teaching uh musical theater musical not musical theater, you're not te- te- you're teaching tap dance to musical theater let me be specific okay yeah, yeah okay yeah. and so uh you know in in sharing tricky question in sharing a cultural form that has um, roots really in spiritual practice, um, spiritual uh, awareness. How or do you? How do you uh, navigate that with with people that don't necessarily um, get down like that? Oh man, that's one of the most difficult things because. At the end of the day, I want to keep my job. Right, you know? right. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> first day sometimes, it's chewing the gum, um, doing the hair while starting <laughs> to step, hands on the hips, um, right. the whole nine, versus if they're in the ballet class, and or even a, what is it, commercial dance sometimes they have in these courses, but... Um, I, I, I do gradually give it to him if I, and I, I could feel it because, you know, me, man, I don't, I, I was able to meet, uh, the honorable Dr. Bunny Briggs, honorable mm. Dr. Jimmy Slide, not mm. Lon Chaining, unfortunately, or Chuck Green, um, mm. and to hear those men speak. And they just feel their presence in a room, in a space, shoes on or not. They didn't have to have shoes on at all. Um, I felt it. Mm. I felt it. Um, and so I randomly try to, not randomly, but strategically, I guess, mm. try to give little remarks of history there or try to speak on certain things, but it's still musical theater, made musical theater majors, and they're still, some of them under 21, maybe 20 years old, 19 years old. So their minds are moving fast. Um, mm. There's not much time for storytelling, but each class um, gets a week of tap dance history um, from me. And I have a strategic for four years, like, you know, most of them are usually in the program for four years. They have a, like a 101 of tap dance where they get like a, a summarized thing from, and these are all videos for the most part, mm-hmm. a summarized thing, um, a blackface thing. <laughs> and one of my, one of my, heck yeah, I let them know very quickly, like you would have to be in this mm. in this blackface if you wanted to be in this uh subject that you're studying musical theater you're talking about singing dancing tap dancing mm. um you would have had to blacken up mm. i remind them man like i don't <laughs> i don't you know and then that's a conversation mm. and that's a conversation that immediately opens um the door to everything but then um in light of that i go on to show 
you know, like the class act, uh, over the top bebop. That's a special one. Um, into Miller Brothers and Lois, and then even like a Dormisha, hmm. uh, bringing it there. So really kind of showing the full um, timeline of tap dance. And when expra- explaining the time of timeline of tap dance with not just some truths, but actual facts and um, things that occurred, and especially videos, they at least get some type of grasp on um, respecting Black culture. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, I, I feel that they at least have that um, walking away, you know, with, with their steps in their bags. Sure. At least with, with that type of respect um, for the people, if, especially when they maybe didn't have it um, coming into the room with me, mm. too. When, when in, in your own experience, like, when did you first know that it was more than steps, this dance? Man. It's been so long, there I know. Are, yeah. No, man, but the, it, I was, you know, when I talk about the dance and everybody's uh, environments and upbringings, I'm, I'm thankful I came from the semi-dire school hmm. where, well, semi-dire school of the theater where it housed dancers like Ted Levy, yep. um, Idella Reed Davis, and George wow. Patterson. Wow. Um, George Patterson III. So I could be coming out of advanced tap class, and I was just telling somebody this the other day, man. It was like, not like the movie Tap for real, but in the upper room, the upstairs, <laughs> not the third floor, but the second floor. Okay. If I walked up there, you can see, like, Ted just giving George stuff like steps and and that environment was just regular you know it it was regular (laughs) in that school from Ted coming through showing us different things um especially the young men Mm. and then Brill kind of Brill Barry kind of taking on that same energy and recycling it in his own way Mm. to create everything that he's created so um, it, it was shown very early in, in Chicago, but because of those people like Ted and then Idella Reed Davis, hmm. uh, who taught me a lot too, a rhythm is. So, yeah, the scene in Chicago. Okay, okay, well, well. And let me know. And let me know. <laughs> that, that, that's perfect. That's perfect. So, so, um, like, like what I love about what I love about doing because this is a part of my practice. This, this, this podcast is part of my research, absolutely. And what I love about I'm not even shy about it because what I love about going back. <laughs> is um i you you can hear where I, where i'm at in terms of understanding and um you know i've had the good fortune of talking to uh brill on this thing uh of talking oh, to yeah. um trey and and star yeah. and and just and just like really making it clear my undying appreciation and awe for the scene in chicago and I keep on asking, you know, what is it about Chicago? What is it about Chicago? What is it about Chicago? What is it about the Chicago? Okay. I'm going to ask you the same question, but completely different. Um, because now I understand that, um, you know, once upon a time, directly after World War I, um, a, a cultural revolution occurred uh, in the form of the Great Migration, where a critical mass of black folk, move from the south to northern cities cities like Kansas, Chicago, New York. Now, because my teacher, Ethel Bruno, uh, was taught by Mary Bruce in New York, I'm, I'm more hip to that. But I wonder, I wonder can, you, can you share a bit of insight about what kind of cultural revolution happened historically in your city, in Chicago, that eventually leads to breeding... Um, some of the best tap dancers on the planet. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, man. It's it's wild. And I'm still collecting the pieces. Yeah. But as far as the, the tap details of like even the cats that go back maybe before Leon or doing Leon's era, like Diane, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um 
she is really blowing my ear up about all this. And we are kind of trying to dig a lot more into um, these guys that were around and holding it down. Mm. Um, if not just like the Sammy Dyers and the dance schools and the Mayfair Academy School and the Tommy Suttons who was tap dancing and he you know uh, that's where Trey's um history kind of comes from the Mayfair school Mm. but when I when I hear a lot of the stories of like my grandparents because my grandparents are from the south and they came here um to Chicago and and, in various different ways and and reasons but I'm sure they just wanted and what I keep hearing a, a, a better life for their generations to come. Right. Um, but because of that, because of that transition, it 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 just it, it was it was bound to happen, man. It was like you know, it's it was it was it, it was it was God. It was like we had our own. I don't know. I don't even know Harlem, and, and I, I hear Harlem, and I feel Harlem. Mm. Um, but it felt like Chicago had its own Harlem on the South Side, mm. and to hear also the stories of these jazz musicians and uh, being involved in these certain institutions where, I guess, cats were even putting on their own shows and or festivals in the alleys. Of Chicago South Side. So, if artists and working people are moving from the South, taking their skills, you know what I mean? It's mm. like it's like a it's almost like a family reunion <laughs> yes. um, that that was happening over here in Chicago. Mm. I, I I don't know why some of these rich ingredients were really like combusting <laughs> together like yeah. that, yeah. but. Certain individuals were really on a mission um, to pave a way, like Tommy Sutton with the Mayfair Academy and Sammy Dyer Mm. with the Sammy Dyer School of Theater. Mm. Like those two schools are the most well-known schools in Chicago and especially in the black communities in Chicago. You know, when you talk to somebody like, oh, you tap dance? Yeah, my daughter, my granddaughter. Oh, you you dance? Oh, yeah. my It's always something like that. Hmm. Um, So it's just this this energy that has never left um, from our grandparents coming from the south and bringing that cooking over here Hmm. um, to, to try to, you know, express themselves. But... As far as who was really bringing the dance over, you know, it's 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 still being well, well, um, well. Check discovered. check this out. I wanna because because I just learned this and it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? It's right. it's just not what? fair. Because no, well, it's like it's like the I I don't mean it that way, but like it's like the um, <laughs> I'm talking about the storytellers. So uh, mm-hmm. the. I'll give you an example before I, I give you the, the the new information. So the new information okay. to me, it's not new information; it's new to me. So uh, the All first right. story is: so I'm I'm uh, reading. That's a lie. I'm listening to the audiobook of uh, the Thelonious Monk, this, this gigantic uh, Thelonious Monk book, uh, and yeah. like somewhere toward the end, <laughs> as wow. a by the way, um, the author talks about um, how. Uh, Thelonious would uh, share music with his musicians, even though he had all his compositions written down. He demanded that his musicians learn it by ear, learn his songs by ear. Okay, so um, I forget the saxophone player's name, but um, the author is talking about this particular story with a saxophone player where he's having trouble picking up the rhythm of this particular melody. Okay, so Monk gets up from the piano and tap dances it tap dances dances the melody sorry dances the rhythm and the saxophone player immediately understands the rhythm plays the melody perfectly and and that story is just a by the way tap dance is not mentioned 
you know, in, in regards to mm. Thelonious Monk, it's not mentioned. Um, but I think I think what's uh, what what we have to accept is that it's just um, because it's so deeply cultural. Literally, everybody did it. Like, you know, you, you, you know, mm. everybody did it. Now, now, here's what I just learned. So um, I went to see uh, 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 at the Toronto Film Festival. Um, I went to see this uh, Louis Armstrong documentary. I think it's called Louis Armstrong Black and Blue. It's going to be on like Apple Plus, wow. you know, in 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 a couple days, anyways. But uh, same thing, by the way. So like, so he. I don't know. I don't know the story. Uh, that's why I tape. Mm. That's why I tape my conversations because my memory sucks. But you know, well, let's no. let's let's pretend. Let's pretend. Louis Armstrong at eight years old steals an apple or some nonsense. Okay, and then he gets he gets sent to a home for troubled boys. Okay, uh, there is where he has a teacher um, that teaches music, and he that's where he picks up his cornet for the first first time. And he he demonstrates like an hmm. aptitude for it, he uh, an appetite for it he he's constantly practicing he this child is gathering people together um, to practice to play to have parties he'd tap dance at these parties that's that's the by the way and then for the rest of the film nothing hmm. nothing 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 um, hmm. and of course um, when he when Louis Armstrong becomes of age he follows his mentor. Uh, uh, um, um, Joe King Oliver, King Oliver, mm. to Chicago <laughs> from New Orleans, and, and essentially becomes uh, Louis Armstrong in Chicago. Um, like I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine like culturally what that scene was, mm. um, and quite frankly, what that scene is right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, can, I can only, I can only imagine. That- that could make sense, man. Chicago, I don't know why, but we are full of dreamers. We are full of independent artists hmm. over here. Um, and it's, sometimes it could be a little messy. So when we have like uh, someone coming into our space to share some of their magic, yeah. If you will, we're we're ready to uplift and nice. again that word exchange and, and exchange and, and show them our ways and introduce them to our foods and <laughs> it, it's it's really that and it's the Chicago style and all these different things. Nice. Um, but it's 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 encouraging um, with with having that much imagination around you, but now. Um, it's it's really I I've been on like the city as far as like well what are, what are we saying as far as you know representing ourselves our people and and of course um, our ancestors especially mm. um, and and as well as where we're going so um, not just dreaming so that's that's a that's a perfect lead in you know where where are we going what are we saying you know. Um... As a as a as a last word, you know, I feel like a thing that excited me about about this conversation is I feel like we're not allowed to have it, right? In a in a in an increasingly secular society, you know, talking about religion, talking about belief and spirituality and the things unseen, it's not it's <laughs> you risk being laughed at or shunned or or, or shut out, and. I don't know. I, I I guess I'd like to hear from you for those who maybe need a little help, an, a little boost, a, a little courage, perhaps, uh, to uh, explore this dance um, in a more connected way. Um, um, is that the right way? I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. Yes, sir. I'm hearing it. Do you... I don't know. Do you, do you have any words of advice, wisdom um, that you can share with folk about your relationship to this dance um, with with a with a spiritual um, instinct? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I for me, it, it's necessary. 
And I think that's why Supreme Love, it comes back around um, every blue moon to remind folks that it's necessary and it's allowed and it's invited. Mm. Never forced though, mm. you know, even when doing the work, I'm not telling folks, you have to pray. You have to connect. I, I invite them, you know, to connect to something that they honor and, and humbles them and, and reminds them why so that they can keep moving forward. Um, because I, I never want, want to force God on, on, on mm. anyone. And because that's, to me, that's not in the essence of God. But when you were speaking about it, gosh, it's, 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 I thought immediately like, and this might be out, but I, and I don't know how, what Chance's beliefs were, but I, I feel that maybe if Chance had a more spiritual connection, um, I would hope that Chance Taylor, you know, yep. like Chance Taylor. Yep would still be here uh, because I've talked to, you know, certain leaders in tap dance about that level of living like, yo, that's really, you know, an, an opposite, not opposite, but that's a, an, an, another way of thinking other than connecting to the most high um, to, to stay on earth and to continue um, praising and doing the work. Hmm. But it has really help me know what to do and how to move in rush situations and and even in patient even in situations where I can be patient and take my time but again it 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 doesn't it doesn't and I'm and I'm hoping that prayer and honoring God and giving praise to God shouldn't feel like a duty it it, it should feel like you know, maybe if you didn't pray in this particular way, make sure that you pray in this other particular way. Or make sure that you are uh, showing that you're thankful um, for these gifts. Mm. Like, um, it's a real thing. And when you were talking about it, man, just now it's like I am witnessing it that it seems like it sometimes in order to make it in order to build a dynasty unless you're building a church it's it's best to sometimes not talk about god it's best to sometimes not talk about spirituality um if you're trying to build a mcdonald's if you're trying to build an apple store if you're trying to build hmm. um louis vuitton i don't know you know what i mean yeah. and, and make a bunch of money um that's not in dealings with god it, it doesn't feel like um, so still being able to have, being able to have those conversations and share your art and share your craft with the McDonald's, with the Louis Vuitton, with the whomever, um, and, and be that prayerful example, um, or that praying example, um, while also doing your form at the highest, um, level of artistry possible for that day you know mm. um, or that time period um, I, I, I think that is you know some level of king or queendom really being a, a champion and, and, and a leader for the form I don't know I brought up Martin and Malcolm but you know those are two pretty powerful leaders in my book and you know they for me as a black man um really helped me even in tap dance and i'm not saying i listen to their speeches all the time or sure um, but you know on, on their birthdays I, I really try to tune in i really try to get a study in or mm. i just do i i i i, I eat my vegetables <laughs> And, yeah. and I, I just encourage and I, I think that's what it's all about um, within the prayer and having that spiritual connection 
Um, you have to continue to eat your vegetables um, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle in the art form. Um, and, you know, as, as we also always say, dance is life or rhythm is life, as Dormisha says. Mm. <laughs> but um, so it should all, you know, tie in in the stream. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's one you all can sing with us when the saints go marching in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard and want to support Tap Love Tour, then join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Travis Knights. Patreon is a service that allows people to support artists and creatives that make content that they enjoy or benefit from. If you are considering joining, know this. You will be contributing to the creation of new work. Tap Love Tour goes beyond this podcast. TLT is a production house that creates pieces, music, dance, vlogs, documentaries, all related to the dance. I have plans for collaborations that are now achievable over time with this Patreon model. You're all essentially Tap Love Tour micro-producers. If you want to help us to create, if you want to join the Tap Love Tour family, then head over to patreon.com slash Travis Knights and join at any tier that you feel makes sense for you. We'll be back next time with another wonder-filled guest. Until then, much love, one love, tap love, peace. If a man were given uh, the power and the privilege of seeing God, he still wouldn't have the power to show him to somebody else, to show God to somebody else. Or to show God to somebody, and, and it, it, it's impossible. Beyond that, I mean, it's, it's even that, just that much more impossible to show God to, some, to an unbeliever. If you don't believe, you can't see God. You close your eyes, you see God. But, but not by looking. You see, you see, you look, you look and you see, and it's there. God is there.